Okay, let me just. Okay, so what notes have you popped down then in terms of glute training? What what you think we need to focus on in terms of providing the right information to women and men out there training their glutes? <laughs> yes, um, I I believe that it's really important to just make them understand that as everything. Um, I mean everything that you want to do, anything that you want to improve, you have to have a plan and you have to have an structure. And this structure has to be progressive over time, but you also have not only to take in consideration the time that you spend training, which is the hour or the two hours that you do your session, but actually that you the time that you take from there to recover, from there to eat properly. And um, mainly it's just that, like understanding that it's not about volume and intensity only but it's also about the time that you that you spend recovery the time that you spend making sure that you eating properly so you can actually see the results that you wanting to see which for example in the past my problem was that because i love training so much i will train glutes every single day because i just wanted to train glutes every single day yeah. but i wasn't getting anywhere because of course you need to stimulate the muscle provide the strength kill it on one day and you need to give at least one to three days to recover and not only recover but making sure that you actually feed in the muscle which is i believe where females and men um, perhaps are are not doing properly especially females because they wanting to have glutes but they also wanting to have flat belly and so they think that okay i'm going to train glutes but then i'm just going to deprive myself from food yeah. and in reality um that's not going to take them anywhere and it doesn't mean that for you to have good glutes you have to have fat because i also see a lot on um, on social media when they say you either have glutes or you either have abs you, you can actually have okay perhaps you're not going to have abs because abs is really down to the uh, body fat but you can actually have glutes and have good flat stomach is just about like doing it strategically and with a plan and just having a structure as I say yeah and like you <laughs> you have abs and glutes like you you know you absolutely can achieve that so you know and yes genetics comes down to it as well and you know how low body fat that you can sit at at a healthy you know fat range is important but um, yeah, no, I totally agree. And just talking on that point, actually, as well, saying about, you know, make sure you're feeling your glutes. I definitely think it's important to understand the difference between feeling your glutes and actually like working your glutes in a progressive manner, because this is the mistake I made. I know we talked about this before, but I used to, you know, do loads and loads of banded um banded warm-ups and then I would do deadlifts and then I would do banded kickbacks in between and then at the end I'd do banded this and you know go on the stairmaster and do banded kickbacks and it didn't get my glutes anywhere like it in fact it just made me feel tired and sore a lot <laughs> you know and I think there's definitely a difference between just pumping blood like we were saying before to the muscle versus training a muscle to you know not to failure, but close to failure to then build repair and, you know, build your glutes essentially. Exactly. And I am, I'm also guilty of that. In fact, when I started training glutes, okay, I have always had good glutes and good kind of complexion. Yeah. But um, I mean, it's, it's just genetics. I'm not going to lie, but there is, there is an option and it's totally possible, totally doable to improve the way your glutes look. Yeah. I started training glutes like more focusing on glutes after doing crossfit because after doing a lot of olympic weightlifting glutes just came out really nicely and then i got a lot of attention around my glutes and then i said okay i'm gonna start training glutes and then the first thing that you do is just look into instagram look onto all these instagram models um and then you just look into all these bands like i used to do i don't know how many bands uh, kickbacks to the side uh inside like all of them just imagine all of the the band workouts i used to do all of them to myself and my clients so i'm gonna say bless my clients that still are with me so they have been progressing as, as well as me but if they look five years back they will remember that before any glute session we used to spend like 20 minutes activating your glutes because yeah. if you didn't activate your glutes you would not be able to train your glutes properly because that's what i used to see on on, on instagram that they used to say if you want to train your glutes 
glutes. You need to wake up your glutes because otherwise um, you will be training your legs, which there is a certain part of um, through into that. Like you need to have some sort of activation, but the activation that I do right now literally is just five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not even band, band workout. It's walking lunges, um, squats, and uh, glute bridges, uh, body weight. I don't, I don't even use the band anymore. And yeah. then from there, it will be just exactly, as you just mentioned, feeling your glutes. But more than feeling your glutes is actually understanding strength work and understanding that um, more than the volume, so the amount of reps that you're going to be doing, so you feel, again, the blood pumping into the muscle. And so you feel that burn, which is only just blood in there, blood, like saturated blood in there. And after that, once two hours later after training, the blood goes away and, and you're just going to have lactic acid in there, but you haven't actually stimulated the muscle. Mm-hmm. So it's understanding that, yes, it's filling your glutes, but in reality is maxing out the way that you are doing. And obviously, for someone that is just starting, maxing out might mean that you're just doing 20 kgs on, um, let's say, barbell split uh, squats, um, uh, split, yeah. But um, progressively, you should be challenging yourself. Like something that you should be aiming in any glute session is actually to max out your lifts in a way that you're really just pushing yourself having enough rest in between steps, which is something that I didn't used to do as well. Like mm-hmm. I used to think that resting was just wasting time. But in reality, if you rest between your sets two to three minutes when you maxing out, then you will be making sure that you maxing out on your next set as well. So it's a combination of intensity more than volume. And I believe that's where I think people get things wrong, that when they do glutes, they just throw a lot of volume and maybe the intensity just gets compromised because of that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I completely can hold my hands up and say that I used to do banded activations with my clients. You know, I used to send them videos on it and how to do this. And you must activate before you um, before you work out. And I think that is like the research has changed a lot. Like I, I think both when we were doing it, the research was everybody activate, you know, and that was kind of also fashionable at the time. Whereas the research has come out now that it's it, it's not a waste of time, but it kind of is a little bit of waste of energy if you're doing all these, you know, max banded uh, glute bridges before you're about to lift. So yeah, I completely agree. And my warm-ups now literally probably consist of usually just warming up with the exercise. So if I'm doing RDLs, I'll warm up with RDLs and that's what I'll teach my clients. You know, they have one to two warm-up sets and then they'll crack up on with their um, their training sessions. Um, But yeah, the rest thing is so key. And I, this is, this is the problem with like fashionable workouts and what you see on social media is, you know, people, influencers and coaches will write these programs where it's like, um, six glute exercises in one day and then the next day six more and like you said before and it's just too much volume you cannot recover and I think what people need to understand is if you want to build a muscle like you said you've got to push it to the max and then rest it because how do you know a lot of my clients will say well what can I do to improve my fat loss or what can I do to improve my um, physique with workouts and I'm like make sure you're actually taking enough rest in between your workout days because the rest part is actually when your body changes, you know? Yes, you put in the effort in the gym, but you actually need that rest and recovery to change your body shape. So yeah, completely agree there. Yes, and just touching on what you just said uh, with regards to warm-up and, and, and not to using many glutes workouts in just one session and then doing it next day. Um, so I just want to break it down into, yes, it's important, as I said, to activate uh, in terms like if you want to max out a lift, you shouldn't just go Cold. from cold from to just maxing it out. But it's, it's understanding that um, you can just activate with the same movement, which is actually better because you're just getting your muscle fibers used to the load that you are about to lift. So rather than doing 20 kickbacks, 20 glute bridges, and then get yourself into some RDLs straight away, it's a lot more clever or it's a lot wiser if you just activate 
actually spend two, three sets warming up your um, heavy weights for Romanian deadlifts. Because as I explained to to the uh, my clients, um, the muscles they need to. So we when we train, we're not only training the body. In fact, we're training the nervous system. So what the the cues that we give into the nervous system is that look, we are about to lift a very heavy load, and if you are cold because maybe you were sitting on the desk all day and like most of us working, and then you go and train, and then from sitting on the desk where your glutes are literally numb, you go and throw a lot of load. First, you might not be able to activate your glutes just because you didn't spend enough time warming up the muscle fibers. So it's not because you didn't spend time sending blood to them to the glutes is just because you didn't spend time activating the muscle fibers that you need to use in order to perform that lift and that is when people start uh, or the body because the body is very clever will be shifting the muscles that you will be using so if you're doing rdls and you didn't warm up towards your heavy set um, and you just throw yourself from cold to something heavy because you just want to do a lot of exercises in just one hour so you don't have time to actually warm up the lift uh, what you end up you, what your body is going to end up doing is just it's going to end up just using the muscles around the glutes that are a lot stronger which will be lower back um maybe some hamstrings but more than anything especially if we're talking about romanian deadlift will be the lower back and that is when people actually end up doing a glute session but in reality they just didn't target the glutes because first technique was not on point Perhaps tempo time under tension, which is what I see a lot as well, was not in there, which is really key. Uh, if you really want to target glutes, you need to slow down the tempo. You need to slow it down every phase of the movement, concentric, hold it, eccentric, hold it. It has to be controlled because it's at that moment when the body say, okay, I'm not using the other muscles anymore. I actually need to use the glute muscles. So I believe that that's key. When people understand that when we train, we don't train the muscle, we train the nervous system. And for the nervous system to activate the right muscles and the right muscle fibers, you need to kind of like progressively. It's like an arrow and a bow, yeah? So if you pull it too hard and too fast, the arrow is not going to get very far away. But if you slowly pull it, 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 and then you let it go, you're going to be, um, the, the arrow is going to go, going to go farther. So that's kind of the analogy that I use with my clients. It's like when we are, when you pull it, the, the, the arrow on behind, I don't know how to explain properly, the arrow on the bow, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Every time that you're pulling back slowly, you are activating different muscle fibers. So let's start from the hamstring to the glutes. So you start in the lower part of the hamstrings, activating, activating, start going up on the top of the hamstrings. And then finally, the last bit will be the glutes. So that's why it's really important to warm up the lift and time under tension again and lower repetitions i will say like i use high repetitions for the first two three sets then i do lower repetitions for the the top set and then i drop it down so so that's kind of like um one thing that i have changed a lot on my training and i have to thank my current coach which has taught me a lot about all beliefs that i have about training glutes and how those things don't don't help and it's just like as you say just noise around your training and and yeah yeah <laughs> i'm so glad you brought up the tempo thing because that's what i was going to say for us to discuss next because i actually got asked this the other day from a client how important is tempo and i was like tempo is probably one of the top three important things when it comes to lifting whether you're training at home whether you're training in the gym you need to do your movements with control one just you know from a simple case of actually having good form and technique tempo will teach you everything if you can do a weight really quickly you know an rdl really quickly great but if you can do that rdl with a three 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 you know one tempo that will completely change the game for you in terms of being able to hold you know certain positions in your technique and not allowing other muscles to take over um such as your lower back and that will really prove to us as coaches that yes you are doing it with correct form you know but if you're getting to a three second hold at the bottom and your back's starting to hurt then we need to break it down you know take the weights off and actually have a look at your technique again just to make sure that's you know happening and then from a muscle you know a muscle stimulation um aspect making sure that you know we're stimulating muscle protein synthesis and we do that through the time under tension you know the time that you're actually holding the weight and working with the weight speed reps are you know for specific areas you know yes you can 
bash out a load of bicep curls and, and that, that's great. But actually to do that with a really heavy weight in RDLs, for example, you're going to seriously bash out your central nervous system and you're going to fatigue and you feel knackered. You're not going to recover properly. So slow it down, take some weights off and really focus on time and detention. Yeah. So it's so key. And I think the, the problem is obviously a lot of people and even myself came from a background of doing, you know, like CrossFit workouts, high intensity workouts. So a lot of my clients will say to me when they first start training, oh, when I leave the gym, you know, I didn't really sweat that much or I don't feel out of breath or I don't feel knackered. I'm like, great. That means, you you know, you're going to recover tomorrow. Did you feel, you know, your muscles working? Yes. Was it heavy? Yes. Did you struggle with some of the exercises because it was heavy? Yes. OK, you've done enough. Like it's not about smashing yourself and not being able to walk down the stairs. Like, yes, some sessions are going to kill you off like that, but not all of them. So I definitely think the intensity side is so key as well. And just getting back into the tempo again, which I believe we have to highlight this a lot because it has been a life changing or a game changing for me is I used to, because I come from uh, CrossFit, then I did sort of powerlifting, but I didn't compete, but just did powerlifting in which I was really proud about lifting three times my body weight on, let's say, uh, deadlift, et cetera. A bigger learning that I had when I started actually focus on tempo was lead the ego on the side, which I know many girls would not uh, uh, would not struggle with this but I used to like feel like if I didn't lift my uh, body weight three times on 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 deadlift then I wasn't training uh, hard enough yeah and I actually realized that I just wasn't working my body wisely because when I actually started focusing on tempo I had to strip down the weight like about three times less than what I was lifting and then in that moment is when I actually started feeling that my body was changing like it's not about, of course, progressively, you want to be lifting more because it's a way of progressing your training. But if you if you haven't trained or if you haven't trained focusing on tempo, my advice will be to just literally start with the barbell, stick to the tempo. If you are able to stick to that tempo, so as you said, straight three seconds down, let's say two seconds hold. We're just talking about Romanian that lifts just for, yeah. as an example, three seconds up, one second down, and again, go um, and be able to hold that tempo throughout the whole repetitions um, is a lot better than if you just like bashing a, a lot of weight um, and the body is not really knowing what you're training. And this is something as well that I tell my clients, like whenever you read a lift, you have three things to reach, which is the repetitions that you have to perform, which will tell you if it's a strength or if it's hypertrophy, yeah? And then you have the tempo and you always need to bear in mind that technique is on point. So what I say to them is make sure technique is on point throughout, make sure that you can sustain the tempo maintaining a good technique throughout the repetitions that you're going to be doing so i always say play it safe i'd rather you reach to the repetition set or, or let's say we're doing 10 to 12 and i'd rather you reach to 12 and say oh maybe i can do a little bit more than you reaching to eight and 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 then fail on tempo or, or or technique so that will make a massive change in them and in fact with my clients i a lot of times have to talk about because they mentioned to me oh but the session is only I don't know four or five exercises I can do that in an hour and I then have to break it down okay if you're doing this in an hour okay 45 minutes they say and I have given you these repetitions under this tempo resting this amount then you're not doing it right because I calculate every minute and how the tempo works and so it gives me an hour with the rest and everything and so I said make sure that you are sticking to the tempo and you are sticking to the rest because if you rest again many people don't don't value the rest time and the rest time is not there for you to be on the phone it's not there for you to um chat with everyone else i take training really serious like when i'm at the gym i'm at the gym and i say okay this is my hour and i have organized it this way so i try to just sell that as well to the clients and on the resting time you're recovering you're drinking water you're thinking about okay maybe i put some more weight you're fixing your weight then to get ready to be able to perform the next set and not maxing out every set. That's not the point of that because maxing out every set is also impossible. But making sure that you put your mind and your attention on every lift that you are doing. And like this, you don't need more than six exercises uh, on one session if you do it properly. Yeah, no, completely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And um, 
what was I going to say there? Something to do with the time. I've had that quite a few times where clients have gone in and gone, oh, that workout only took me 30 minutes. And I'm like, you haven't gone heavy enough. You've not listened to the rest. You know, you've not listened to the tempo. Show me what you've done. They've gone through it. And I'm like, you've bashed through that because, you know, you've not actually taken the session seriously. And in a polite way, you know, we want you to get the best results. So the reason why we write programs the way we do. And like you, I use a spreadsheet that calculates, you know, how long a certain exercise should take and that kind of thing. So, yeah, basically, if, if we've written you a program, we know what we're doing. So make sure you do it properly. Um, one thing I, was, I wanted to really cover, Stella, because this gets asked a lot, was um, specific exercises to target glutes. Because obviously, and this is a question actually that comes up a lot. I don't want to get bigger quads. I just want to get bigger glutes. And I hear that so many times from women because a lot of women have come from CrossFit backgrounds, HIIT backgrounds, running backgrounds, where it's all very quad dominant. The moment they start trying to train their glutes, their quads just get bigger. So let's discuss and explore what exercises are going to hit the glutes. You, you go yes. first. That is actually a really good question. And in fact, I actually... As I actually asked my asked exactly the same question to my coach because I come from CrossFit. In CrossFit, Olympic weightlifting is mainly just squats. Uh, and also because, again, on CrossFit, if you think on how you perform the CrossFit movements, you're not performing it under tempo. It's just like all explosive. So yeah. then again, we're just talking about the same thing that we were talking before. When you are doing an explosive movement, you're not putting time under tension, your body is only going to use the muscle that is stronger because the body is really clever. The body is not going to use the weak muscles because why? I mean, if you have to perform a very fast lift under a heavy, very heavy load, the body is just going to say, okay, what is my strongest things? My quads, my core, and my back. That is what it's going to use to lift this way. Yeah. But again, I also used to have a big, like very big quads. And I, we also come from the background in which we thought that the only way to grow my, uh, glutes was to squat. So I used to squat literally every day. And so now we have realized that yes, squats activate muscles, but it's perhaps not the best way to, to, to work on, 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 on the quads. Uh, it's, it's a great movement. I still train squats. Uh, I, they still a big part of my training, but it's not as important as the it used to be in the past. So if we um, try to, I mean, if we are having a client or a lady or a guy who comes having very strong quads, my main focus will be to activate the posterior chain. And what is the posterior chain? Lower back, glutes, and hamstrings. So the exercises that I will use for that is hamstring curves, seated and line hamstring curves, loads of hamstring curves, like literally twice a week, ideally twice a week, um, because we need to start activating. I mean, we need to start using the hamstrings. People don't use normally the hamstrings. And if you think the way you sit, you sit on your glutes and you sit on your hamstrings, over time, those muscles, if they don't get stimulated, they just don't work. I mean, they wouldn't activate themselves. So again, hamstring curves, split squats, any type of split squats, like starting from even dumbbell split squats, barbell split squats, uh, split machine split squats, anything that is split squats, more than actually walking lunges, the split squats. And if you focus on technique and tempo, uh, it's been proven to me that split squats is one of the best ways, even better, I will say, that that um, that hip thrust to activate glutes. Um, and, and then um, Bulgarian split squats or just... No. I would say if you only start in, a Bulga Bulgarians can be quite advanced. So I'm just thinking of someone that is just starting, coming yeah. from this background that we just mentioned, to start kind of progressively working towards activating posterior chains. So splits and squats, I will get in a splits and squats. They are amazing. They're always on my on my my own personal um, training once a week. I do them and I kill myself on them. But when I'm thinking on just introducing someone into splits and squats, I always think on, okay, let's start with the basic because if you don't get the basics right, you will get into the split squats, uh, Bulgarian split squats, and you will not target the right muscles again. First, because maybe your flexibility is not there for you to get into the position. Second, because maybe your uh, balance is not there for you to be able to hold to dumbbells. And maybe because you just haven't understand how to activate glutes when doing a split squat. So I will always start them on just like dumbbell split squat on the floor, literally just on the floor. Then I will move them to a Smith machine split to squat or any type of barbell split to squat in which you actually focus on, okay, 
let the load of your body of your body weight to lie on the working leg and not on the leg that is helping you to to support and to balance which is something that people don't get right something that i always ask my clients when you do this where do you feel it yeah if you feel it in the back leg then you're doing it wrong so we need to find a way in which you position your body weight in the front leg once it's on the front leg then focus on when in the front leg you're feeling it because again depending on this of the stance or how how wide your legs are um, you could be targeting quads especially if your quads is your dominant muscle so it will be about having a wider stance making sure that your body weight is on your heel making sure that when you are down you will hold at the low position because that is when the glutes are actually going to be working and then slow control the way up then once you have managed to understand how does split squat feel on your glutes then eventually yes i will move it to bulgarian split squat which i believe is the queen of glutes um in terms of split squats so we're talking about hamstring cards work all of them um split squats romanian deadlifts romanian deadlifts whether that is barbell uh whether that is a uh, dumbbell uh, again this has a lot of science on it like i see a lot of people especially girls because we are very flexible Normally, girls, we are a lot flexible than, than men. Uh, and because Romanian deadlift also has an element of stretching the muscle. So I see a lot of people like going very low, uh, like yeah. super low, because they feel that when you're stretching the muscle is actually when it's working. When in reality, when you do Romanian deadlift properly, you should, the movement, the range of motion is actually not that long. You should be just going low enough so your, your back is aligned with, with your glutes. But any lower than that is just putting a lot of pressure on your lower back and then it's disconnecting the glutes. So again, it, it all every lift has its science. But again, let's just recap. Hamstring cars, split squats, Romanian deadlifts, glute bridges, and hip thrusts. But then again, hip thrusts, this is something that I learned as well. What? not about how much weight you lift and it's not about just bashing weight and then dropping the, the barbell again to the floor. The movement, if you really want to target just glutes, if you don't want to compromise your um, hamstrings or your quads, has a lot to do with how you position your feet. But actually the movement is really short. It, yeah, took, yeah. Me, it took me a really long time to actually understand, okay, if I really want to just target glutes, the movement is literally just like you just go low enough so your knees don't move uh, or don't cave in and then from there hold it don't drop the barbell and then go up again yeah. um which again in, if you look in instagram and you look at, look at these ladies doing the hams a uh, like hip thrust you just look at them like doing four times body weight but when they're doing that again they've been explosive so they're just using the stronger muscle but they're not actually targeting the glutes yeah um, so in reality, it's not many glute workouts. Even um, even the um, the abduction, I don't, I, I, which I used to use a lot because that gives you a, lot, a very good pump in in your glutes. I actually use adduction a lot more because adduction not only will be uh, activating um, the hamstrings as well, believe it or not, but also is working on, on your pelvic floor. So it gives you a lot more output out of the uh, exercise than the abduction. The yeah. abduction, I use it. I'm not gonna say I'm not use it. I don't use it. It, but I just use it as like at the end of the workout, like just as like the last exercise to do. Let's just do one of these. And um, I read recently a, a, a document about glute training and explains how wrong is to believe that. I, I believe I remember when I started training glute training again, it was all sumo squats, sumo, um, sumo. I'm that so glad you got in that position, you will be activating the glutes. Yeah. And now there is study in which actually no the reason why you feel it a lot more focused on your glutes is because of the range of motion or because of the position at which you have your muscles uh, i mean your abductors which obviously you're stretching the muscles so when you lift you feel in the muscles but then again it's the same thing that happens with the romanian hamstring romanian deadlifts when you're stretching the muscle but you're actually not working on the muscle yeah. so so it's, it's, it's really funny how things change <laughs> yeah it is and it, i'm so glad you covered that on the sumos because i was going to bring that up because there's a difference between like having an exercise sensation like yes you will feel it in your glutes when you are sumo stance but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's lengthening the glutes at that end range you know so I actually personally can't do sumo sumo deadlifts they just really don't suit me I feel really uncomfortable I've got slight scoliosis in my spine so I just don't like it whatsoever but any sumo stance I lose 
all control in my glutes. I cannot feel my glutes. Whereas if I keep a narrow stance, yeah. And also on the hip thrusts, um, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a guy called Coach Mark McCarroll and he does the, that's what you're explaining. He calls it a cast glute bridge, which is basically a short end hip thrust. No matter how many times he doesn't want to say that's what it is, that that is what it is. And this is something that I put in some of my clients' programs as well earlier on sort of this year or last year. And it's very much like Stella was say, staying, saying about not really having much movement from your shins. And this is something that I talked about in a lifting workshop I, I did recently is people in hip thrusts rely too much on their hip momentum to get the bar up. Hip momentum is very different to glute control. And that is why we put tempo in because anybody can throw, you know, let's say you are lying on the floor, a little, you know, your kid come and, comes and sits on your hips, you throw your hips up and, you know, they're having a whale of a time and playing around. You're just using hip momentum. You're not using your glutes. So when you're doing your barbell hip thrust, stop piling on the weight. You know, yes, there is, there is an element of getting stronger. And I think power and explosiveness does come into that. But what we're not saying is your 365 days of the year program needs to consist of power. Some power, yes, but time and attention is way more important. And a lot of the time clients will whack on loads of weight with the bar or not enough weight and just rely on momentum. They'll send me their videos. I'm like, where do you feel it? And they're like, oh, I don't really know. If you're coming back to me with that information, you are not feeling it in your glutes. You know, you need to slow down the movement, feel it in your glutes. And like you were saying about split squats, uh, this is something I wanted to cover with you. There is an element of where you place your torso that is really, really important. Sorry, the dog next door is really important when you're doing these exercises, because if you do a split squat with an upright torso, so your head is right in the middle of between your feet, you are going to feel it more in your quads. However, if you have a slight forward lean where you're sending your hips back, there's, you know, there's the glute getting, uh, getting involved. So I think mostly and this is what you've said with the exercises listed hip hinge exercises that's what we call it in like pt technical term where you're relying on your hips for the movement is what we want to work on so glute bridges hip thrust you know split squats and um also good mornings rdls deadlifts they are all hip hinge movement what we want to veer away from is knee flexion so lots of knee bending basically and you're still going to bend your knees you know when you're doing a step up like step ups are one of my favorite glute exercises a glute focused step up just love it but again you need to position your body so you feel it in your glutes and also you need to slow down on everything basically one more that i will throw that into into the mist uh, of exercises will be leg press leg press high feet stance yeah. is one of my favorite i mean forget about the leg press i've seen leg press ladies want leg to decide because again they put in the uh, they lengthen in the muscle etc but for me the uh, best one to target glutes and hamstrings which again if we go back into the question that you did at the beginning how do i make my legs look nice and not just get bigger quads if you are in that position i'm not saying neglect um, training quads because everything has to have a balance you cannot just go from having all quads focused to not having anything you still have to throw something into the game whether that is squats whether that is um a knee flexions etc but um again if you want to be targeting if you want to be reshaping your body and this is something that i do a lot with my clients that come with very big quads and maybe not much muscle tone around glutes and, and, and quads and hamstrings, sorry, is just literally just focusing at two times a week. You don't need more than two times a week, hamstrings and glute work. And into that, I will throw leg press if you are advanced in terms of high feet placement, uh, control the way down is amazing to, to, to simulate hamstrings and glutes as well. Yeah. But, um, but something that you were saying that I just, uh, is just out of my head now, but you just said something really important. Um, okay. It's out of, it's, it's gone now. Um, One thing but, I was going to ask you, cause you, I, I've seen you do this as well. What about glute kickbacks, you know, cable kickbacks? 
Are those one of the exercises you do? Well, you know what? I used to do cable kickbacks because, again, I used to feel that a lot on my glutes. But I am going to be honest. I have been training with an amazing coach. I love him. um, Nathan is his name. And he has, um, like, busted a lot of things that I used to believe that they were useful. Um, And he's, like, really upfront. He says, Stella, that's bullshit. You're just wasting energy. You're wasting time at the gym. I'd rather you do one exercise less and go home. Um, I still place it sometimes on my co- on my clients' training um, because some of the ladies are not so advanced to be able to, for example, do a leg press. Yeah, Maybe just the leg press itself is just too heavy for them. So if I want to add uh, maybe more volume into their training at the end, I will get them to do some kickbacks. But when I am, um, and this is what I wanted to say now, I remember, when we are so advanced, we need to understand that training is not fancy. Training is literally sticking to simple movements, develop them over time, get stronger into them, get the feeling a lot better, manage tempo under a heavy load. And you will be doing these exercises, different way of like the same, I will say six exercises for the rest of your life. Maybe what it will change will be the structure of your training. Maybe one day you start with with leg press and then you continue with Bulgarians, maybe uh, for a block. Then the next block, the order is going to change and the repetition range is going to change. But the exercises themselves, Actually, they don't change mine. And this is what I had to fight with my client, not fight, but kind of like reframe the way. And this is what I find hard sometimes for us as coaches when there are so many influencers that they come in with the best glute workout and there is a bunch of exercises and they try to change this just to get more followers and get maybe more likes. But in reality, if you are honest with people, you just need to stick to basics and develop those basics over time. That's it. For example, now I started cycling. For me to be a better cyclist, I just need to cycle a lot of kilometers and I need to perform those kilometers on a better time. Maybe some days I'm doing longer rides. Maybe some days I'm doing shorter, but with more power, but it's just one movement. And that's how you improve the movement. So it's exactly the same. If you want to do glutes, you stick to those six movements, you develop them over time and you get stronger and manage a better tempo over time and forget about the noise. Because otherwise, again, I much rather you do those four exercises Max them out, be very happy about how you perform on the session, go home and rest, then staying on the gym for another half an hour doing a bunch of noise exercises that is not going to take you anywhere. Or the Stairmaster after your glute workout. Exactly. God, (laughs) breaks me. me. Yeah, I completely (laughs) agree. And, you know, like like me and Stella said at at the start, we've been there, we've tried everything else we've tried every single banded exercise and they just don't work you know like Stella said sticking to the basics is key and the thing is about Instagram and social media like like you said everybody's just doing things for likes to grow a bigger bigger audience but if you actually look at the people who have great glutes who are working on their physique with glutes like Stella you will see them do the same workout program pretty much every week it doesn't change you know and for some people yeah that might seem boring but if that is the goal that you have you kind of have to accept and start to embrace and see you know the joy in doing the simple exercises like you can get a lot of joy from going oh do you know what last week I did 50 kilogram Romanian deadlifts for 10 reps this week I can do it for 11 reps with the same tempo that's amazing you know I've got that one extra rep and just being able to look at those small little um, nudges in progress is really really rewarding Um, one of the other things I wanted to cover in this was nutrition because I think this needs to be talked about because ultimately what most women are trying to achieve like you said are abs and ass and yes you know to some extent maybe you can't achieve the both but one thing that I really have to drill into clients is if you want to build your physique aka you want bigger glutes you do have to move away from being on poverty calories and you do have to fuel your body so can you talk to us about your experience with that 
Yes, and this is actually really personal to myself because I quite open on my social media about me coming from an eating disorder background, which obviously uh, I no longer have, uh, and I have learned a lot from it. So I believe that you go through struggles just to learn from it and, and help other people in our case. Um, but obviously before I talk about this, I need to make um, very clear that it all depends about on your starting point. I mean, some people uh, might have to first get into a deficit so they can get into a good shape before actually developing their physique. That is something that has to be said. Like if you if your body fat is over 27%, yes, you might have to spend some time on losing some body fat before you can actually um and it doesn't mean that you won't be focusing on, on, on improving your physique, but it, it might it might be that this advice that I'm just going to give right now might not be for you. So it's all like take it with a pinch of salt for everyone. And before taking, I mean, this is a conversation that we do very general, um, but before you actually take this advice to yourself, make sure that you ask a professional if this is your situation. But in my personal situation, I was uh, on a very good body fat. Um, I used to uh, under eat a lot, not only because of my eating disorder background, because that wasn't the case, but also because I literally just didn't have the time or I, I got used to not feel hungry, which is something that I treat a lot with my clients. The fact that you don't feel hungry, it does not mean that you're not hungry and that you shouldn't be providing your body with right food. The body is very clever. And if you continuously don't eat enough, your body will get used to just run your day on those calories. But it doesn't mean that you are living at your full potential. When I wasn't eating enough, my anxiety was to the roof. I was anxious all the time. Um, I was obviously having problems with the sleep and many other like health factors that I wasn't even considering that they were coming just because I just wasn't eating enough. Again, I got a coach because I, I think everyone needs a coach if you wanna take your health and your physique serious. And my coach just said, Stella, you're not eating enough. I just need you to eat enough. So once you start eating enough, you're gonna start sleeping better. You're gonna start recovering better and your body is gonna be using this energy so you can actually build muscle. And this is something that I said to my clients. If your body knows that you have to live, so you have to bump, uh, uh, pump blood, you have to breathe, your hair has to grow, you have to think, you have to do all the activities that we do without even thinking on the day, on top of that, you train and you're not providing your body with the right calories. Your body will never say, okay, we have 1,200 calories. Let's use them to build some glutes. And then let's forget about everything else that we have to do. No, the body will never be in that position. Actually, for the body to build muscle is a lot of effort, not only to build it, but to sustain that muscle. Like it's, it's known that if you have a lot of muscle, they say that you become like a calorie burning machine just because your body needs or requires a lot of energy to maintain that muscle otherwise when when you don't provide the, the body with the right energy and let's say you have built let's say you spend one month on on building phase and you maybe started feeling a little bit uncomfortable with your body maybe because your jeans are a little bit tighter around your waist which is part of the process and then you enter in a panic mode and then you say no i got enough i'm just gonna get bigger if i continue this way i'm just gonna start myself again and this is what i see ladies especially the ladies that i coach or in the past that they will get into this cycle in which yes they might go a month in which they, they manage to get something but then they freak out and what they do is they start themselves so again all that muscle that they built is going to get eaten by the body just to sustain the body again instead if you continuously provide the body with a good amount of calories and it's not only good it's good and a little bit more if you want to sustain that muscle the body will understand that now is not at risk that you will not get into that uh, panic mode in which the body has to just figure out how to take all the energy to run your day and train and recover from those calories that you've given but now the body knows that okay i'm continuously getting this amount of calories now i'm in a safe place in which i can run everything that I meant I am meant to run in order to live. Now I'm going to make sure that my quality of muscle is going to improve. So yes, maybe the first month you're going to feel a little bit bigger, a little bit maybe more water retention because also your body is just getting used to the extra calories, the extra glycogen that you're having from the extra carbs that you are eating. Like I used to eat like not more than 80 carbs a day, which was ridiculous. Like now I'm doing 250 carbs a day and my body is just loving it. And literally if, if one day I don't eat that, I can feel it. Next day I'm a lot... I mean, I, I feel like I lose weight. 
because now I have taught my body that I am providing these calories and my body is just literally just using those calories to build muscle. I'm getting leaner, I'm getting stronger and anxiety is no longer in my life, even though I have had a lot of life changes. My sleep has never been better. My mood is, is in a lot better place. And I feel that I have 110% energy on my day every day. So this is literally a message that is really close to my heart. Whoever is listening to this, hopefully you manage to get to this point of the podcast give yourself the chance to eat properly to yeah. eat the foods that you are afraid of be consistent don't, don't fall into the trap that okay you're feeling that your body is changing it will change you feel you will feel uncomfortable the first month is only normal but if you persist if you keep providing your body the night the right the right food you will straight away have more energy on your day which will increase your needs which is very important and not only that you will have more output to lift heavier on your on 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 your training and you will just will be loving life in three months time so it's just about like breaking those uh, mental barriers and kind of like because again if we talk about fitness industry the biggest fitness industry is around lose weight yeah so we know that in order to lose weight you need to be on a calorie deficit so all you listen is that if you want to lose weight which is what many people don't understand that losing weight is not the same as losing fat so if you want to lose weight, you have to be on a calorie deficit and you're getting bombarded from everywhere. That is it's all about energy balance, lose weight, calorie deficit. Of course, you're going to be scared. And every time that you're going to be eating, you might be thinking that you are eating a lot and that you're going to get fat. But the same way that body gets used to run your day on a lower calorie, then later on, your body will used to run your day on a lot more calories in which you actually will be eating three times more than what you were eating before, but feeling great. And this is my personal experience. I'm not lying to that. Like, this is me. Stella Jordanidis, I used to starve myself first because I was eating disorder. I was suffering from eating disorder. Second, because my anxiety, or maybe I used to not place enough importance to how I used to eat on the day. And I used to believe that I wasn't feeling hungry and I could run the whole day without eating and then have a massive dinner, which wasn't a very healthy way of me running my life. And my anxiety was to the roof. And right now, in which I am actually taking the time, before this podcast, I say, I'm going to have a breakfast I have my time I place my meals and I actually eat my food and I just feel great my body has never been in a better shape if you're listening to me go to my Instagram have a look (laughs) and it's literally just down to eat more and actually training less which people don't understand it's not training less in terms of less uh, intensity again it's training less of quantity of noise less volume give your body the rest give your body the food sleep properly you will love life. (laughs) No, I completely agree. And I think a lot of people will, you know, resonate with your story. And I'm nodding my head furiously because I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was me. I was never, you know, never had an eating disorder, but I definitely had disordered eating as I grew up and then obviously got into calorie tracking. And then I really, really fought with, you know, being my lightest leaning set leanest self, but having to be on, you know, such little calories to maintain that. And then fighting that mentality of, well, I want my body to grow and I don't want to have to, you know, suffer this much with calories all the time. I'm hungry. I'm tired. You know, I lost my period, etc. And I had to give myself permission to just be like, right, what is the best thing for my health? And in terms of like my relationship with food, but also my physical health as well. And now, you know, I don't calorie track. I haven't calorie tracked for a year and a bit. And number one because I'm pregnant but number two I now eat to nourish fuel and you know support my body and I have managed to you know maintain a physique that I'm really happy with without having to think about you know calories and and that kind of thing and I would probably presume even though I am pregnant you know before I was pregnant I'm probably eating anywhere between 2,500 to 3,000 calories a day and no I'm not in my leanest shape but I'm still pretty lean I'm still you know I've got good muscle mass and when I say that to clients and they're like oh my god all I've ever done is eat 1300 calories no wonder you're still maintaining the fat you are because you're not providing your body with enough energy to actually burn and like work as a machine you know you need to you can't just keep pumping a little bit of petrol in your car and expecting it to get further you're not going to get any further fill your tank up you know and really think about 
fueling your body fueling your muscles if you want to see changes in your body you have to fuel it and you know I've watched Stella over the past I think almost like year now and your your physique was amazing anyway but you definitely can see now your physique has changed a lot over the past kind of six months and I know a lot of that won't be to do necessarily with the exercises selected, but your nutrition and how you're performing those exercises, you know, with tempo and rest. So I'm really, really glad you covered that. Just as a final note, should we just give the listeners a bit of an idea on like the perfect workout week, like how many workouts a week, exercises to do in a workout, and we can leave them to crack on with that. But would that be only for glutes? I said, are you obviously because yeah, you're talking about glutes, glutes. Yeah, glutes. But I, you know, I would say glute focused, and then if you want to, I usually do like three days glute focused, but with an upper body, so it would be like push, pull, that kind of thing, and just making sure it's a whole body session. You just tell us how would you deal with a client that's maybe you know at starting point or just has been doing lots of random workouts for their glutes. How would you set up a program? So the first thing that I do with my clients, and they all get shocked because they all come to me from Instagram influencers background or like classes background and stuff like that. All I do is actually I cut to half the volume that they do. And I said, okay, with me, you're not going to be jumping with me. We're not going to be looking at how many calories you're going to be tracking on your workout. I don't care about that. We're not going to have the relationship between calories on workout burn versus calories that you're eating i just want you to make sure that you when you're lifting you're focusing on the training not on the calories not even in the i don't care i don't i don't answer i don't ask for any measurements on the training but if again it really depends on how busy you are how many times you are willing to train so let's say normal uh, gen pop um, which is the normal people that can go to the gym three times a week so if you can go to the gym three times a week i will target glutes just only two times of those three times a week in which one day I will make it posterior change focus, which means, as we just discussed, hamstrings, hamstring curls, Romanian uh, deadlifts, um, split squats, any type of split squats, um, whether that is leg press uh, or, or, um, or, 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 or hip thrust. And then another day I will still put some quad focus into that. So more than the glute focus, I don't have just one glute focus day. I actually have leg days so you have leg days in which you focus on posterior chain and then you have leg day in which you focus on glutes and and quads and on quads i will throw still um some squats into that any type of the squats whether that is um barbell squats whether that is glob squats whether that is um smith machine squats whether that is hack squats any type of squats because it's still important to keep the strength on your quads and also because the muscles get targeted anyway uh, when you're doing quads um and then on that day specifically i will put more um glute focus exercises which will be uh, the glute bridges again um, maybe uh, single leg glute bridges. Uh, it really depends on how advanced they are. But in my in my in my first in my experience and on what I do with my clients, I don't target glutes or legs more than two times a week. Is that there's really no need for that? Like more than that, you wouldn't be um, training them strong enough. Uh, with meaning that you wouldn't recover, so you can push heavy weights enough. Um, and second, you, because of uh, other things that have to to be targeted when when you train and, and the time that people have available i much rather focus on other muscles like back and other things that are also really important so the perfect week for me will be two times a week leg days in which one definitely has to be posterior chain focus with that is hamstring 100 hamstring and one of them in which you still include quads but on the days that you still include quads then throw glute bridges and and more glute specific like will be glute bridges and then again uh, romanian deadlifts i will say so so i don't know if this is answering your question yeah. so it depends if you are doing total body so if you have the luxury to train four times a week which i wouldn't have someone training more than four times a week i'd rather than train four times a week and then walking days active recovery days yeah because we need to make sure that they move through the day especially people working on the desk if you have the luxury to work four times a week i will do two leg days one hamstring focus one glute focus with quads then i will do one push day and one pull day for upper body make 
making sure that there is at least two days recovery between the two leg days, not less than that, because otherwise your muscles will not recover and you won't be able to lift as heavy. And if you do it that way, you will definitely see your strength improving week to week because I have experienced it myself. I used to train glutes four or five times a week. Now I only do it two times a week and my glutes are looking better than had ever looked just because I am lifting enough heavy and giving them enough rest. Yeah. Yeah, no, I have nothing else to add there. I completely agree. Um, and I think a lot of people listening to this will be like, glutes two times a week, that's not enough. And if you're thinking that way, it's probably because you're overtraining your glutes right now and exactly. probably not putting in as much effort as you think you are into the workout, into the exercises that are specific for your glutes. So you're probably doing speed reps. You're probably going too light. You're probably doing lots of banded exercises. Scrap all of that, slow down, lift heavy twice a week. Make sure you're recovering, fuel your body and simple as that, you know? Um, yeah. So I think we've covered loads in that. Is that. I don't think there's anything else I would add. Anything else? Uh, obviously as well, people who are listening to this who do 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 cardio on top of their workouts and obviously you're going into cycling now so this might change how you approach things is there anything we need to consider because you know if somebody loves running and they start running twice a week and then they're trying to hit their glutes twice a week as well on top of that what can we expect from that is that going to negate from growing bigger glutes doing lots of cardio that is a really good question. And first of all, if you're doing cardio, make sure that you don't do cardio on your glute days. Don't finish glute days or leg days with, with the Stairmaster, not go home, eat, recover. If you want to include cardio, I will use the upper body days because normally the upper body days, um, they, they take less out of, I mean, less output out of our body. So you can easily just do, um, especially if you're training four times a week and you want to do, let's say, two days of cardio, I wouldn't do more than 10, 15, sorry, 15, 20 minutes of cardio. You really don't need more than that. I would much rather you um, go for a walk which is going to help your mental health as well. You're getting out, you're getting some sun exposure, you can listen to a podcast, you can chill. I actually use more walking with my clients before I actually introduce cardio. But if you are someone, because I also have clients who are runners, are professional runners, and I am getting into cycling myself, then you need to be very strategic as to when you include your glute training. Like, for example, this week, I cycle on the weekend, um, Saturday, Sunday. So I did my glute session on on Tuesday was yesterday because I did my push on Monday. I will be resting, completely resting today. I will go for the walk. I will then do my uh, my uh, pull session on Thursday, and then I will do my glute session on Friday uh, before I actually do the the, uh, the cardio again on the weekend. Yeah. So it's kind of understanding. Okay, if you are a runner, which I have runners, what I do with my runners actually, I never give them just a, a leg session. Um, I give them total bodies because yeah. my runners they need to be running three times a week. So if you need to be running three times a week i cannot demolish your legs into one day yeah so i need to, to split that volume into three days making sure that when we hit glutes whether that is that we're only doing two maximum three exercises per session three some days two another days we actually are doing them with good heavy load but we're not demolishing your legs uh, in that case we need to be conscious that you need to also be performing when you run so it's understanding okay what is your goal if you are a runner uh, and, and and running is as important as your physique and again i have had some runners in which i had to say okay are you actually going to be winning marathons because if you are winning if your goal is to win a marathon maybe we should go away from maybe no most likely we should just go away from your physique goals but if you have physique goals and you still want to perform on your running it doesn't mean that you cannot do both it's just that we have to compromise a little bit from both so i have had runners in which i had to drop down how much they run a week so we can focus on a strength and they see their body change like that and they just get addicted to to that feeling because the strength feeling is as good as the running feeling so again just to to, in, to put this together if you are just a gen pop you don't have any um, athletic kind of performing goals i will much rather walk over doing cardio if later on you have to include cardio i will include this cardio onto the upper body days never on the lower body days you just want to go there lift heavy go home and rest 
And I wouldn't do more than 15 minutes cardio a day. You don't need that. I much rather you go for the walk. You get more out of that. Because again, if you do a lot of cardio, you're just going to feel a little hungrier. This is this is proven. So it doesn't mean that you, I don't want you to eat. It just might mean that you might lose that connection between your hunger cues and what you really need. So you might be doing a cardio that you hate doing because you are on a treadmill board inside of gym. And actually, you might not get much out of that. Instead, if you just go out for a walk, you're, you will be doing a lot more for your body. And if you have um, per, like um, per, per athletic goals and you also have body, like uh, body or physique goals, it will be, okay, talking with a coach and understanding how much you can compromise from uh, those, like the kilometers that you have to do. And very, very important, have a coach that understands how to manage the volume so you can actually get somewhere with your physique. And I'm very proud that I have had three, three, three athletes which we managed to complete completely change their body shape and they still performing really good when running amazing yeah that's so that's so so amazing well done I think mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean I wouldn't add anything else into that I, the, there is rarely ever a time where I add in cardio to clients workouts I will do it as if you want to do something for a bit of enjoyment this week and you just want to go you know and go out for a light jog a swim or something amazing you know cardio cardiovascular exercise has amazing benefits on our heart health but we also need to manage the intensity of that and like you're saying like if you're going to do something short and fast 15-20 minutes is enough or even not short it doesn't have to be fast you know if you're doing some kind of cardio after a workout keep it short if you're going to go out on a run like you don't have to run really really fast unless you're training for athletic performance you know if you're just somebody who is gen pop general population and you just like running go out for a gentle run and save all of your, you know, beast energy for the gym and get in the gym and pump out those weights. That's what's going to, you know, change your physique, not essentially the run. And the hungriness, now that used to be me. Like I used to teach, I'm sure you did as well, but I used to teach spin classes. I'd go to CrossFit. I'd, you know, do all this high intensity stuff. And it wasn't until I really sort of turned a corner and looked at, you know, bodybuilding and and training, almost like a bodybuilder, but never competing. and just taking that intensity away from cardio and just going for walks changed my physique, you know, completely. And yeah, it just, yeah, amazing. Love it. Uh, okay. I think we've covered everything. Yeah, I actually had a lot of fun. I love these uh, podcasts so much. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, for anybody listening to this that wants to find out more about you, Stella, where can they find you? So I am actually currently changing my uh, my Instagram accounts, but if you want to find me, you can find me on Stella Jordanidi underscore or uh, at train with Stella, uh, train dot with dot Stella. Uh, but my main account, the one where I have documented all my personal my personal um, training and my personal journey, is Stella Jordanidi underscore. I will share it in the show notes because some people are going to go, how the hell do you spell that? Um, So yeah, I don't, don't worry. I'll share that in the podcast notes, but thank you so, so much for coming on. This was amazing. I'm so glad we covered everything. I feel like the listeners are going to get so much out of this. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for having me.